picked up by the Sixers. Simmons, beautiful finish off the line. Uh, Simmons, and nicely done, the slam by Ben Simmons. Here's that play again, you can see the pick and roll, that's a nice bounce pass to Ben. Young fella drawing the defense, Ben, catch and finish. As Simmons got it back, it slams for two, Ben Simmons. Game to me, there's the loose ball. Ben coming up with it, splitting two defenders, Snell and Morris. He's got Simmons, there it is, and down it goes. Oh, Ben Simmons with some sugar. Yeah, well, he's having a great night. Here's history. Take a look at the spot up in the corner. Everybody on the bench knows it's coming. No hesitation, elbow in, beautiful knockdown. For their Simmons, yes, he did it! Welcome everybody to another edition to Philly Full Court Press. I am your host, Big T Will. I got my man Nat Marlowe behind the glass. What's going on, Nat? Oh man, what's going on, T Will? Oh man, we got to get excited, man. We got a, a nice little matinee today. We got Brooklyn at three o'clock, and we got a very special guest. Twenty-nine years as a beat writer for the Sixers. He's the sports columnist for Bucks County Times. You guys could follow him on Twitter. My man Tom Moore at Tom Moore Philly. What's up, Tom? Hey, T. Will, how you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for uh, coming on the show, uh, giving us a few minutes of your time. Sure, sure. I'll try to make some good stuff up for you. <laughs> hey, listen. I always said no lie is a good lie unless you believe it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell it exactly. Exactly. So uh, let's jump right into this, uh, Tom. Uh, Basically, you know, the the hot topic right now around the Sixers outside Embiid's finger and how long he's going to be out and the normal Brett Brown, you know, bashing out there uh, is Ben Simmons. And, uh, you know, you have firsthand uh, knowledge on how Ben reacted to uh, Jay Rich's comments and t- Tobias Harris and Al Horford. How do you think he responded to that when those comments came out during that losing streak? Yeah, he, he, you know, I, it's hard to say. He's, he's, on one hand, he seems like kind of he, he doesn't let anything affect him, but I think things that maybe from teammates and peers would be different than things that he might read that people like Keith Pompey and, you know, Mark Narducci and, you know, myself and others would write. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, he's, it's, an, it's a very interesting situation that you have a guy who's, Incredibly skilled, a tremendous defender, a terrific point guard, the way he gets a rebound and, uh, you know, takes the rebound and leads the break and finds guys open and, you know, is, is, is really, really high level. But a guy that, you know, seems to kind of lose his aggression um, late in games, you know, down the stretch. It, it, it's mind-boggling because Ben is a walking fast break, and we've all noticed and we said this, and, you know, he's like a locomotive coming down the court. You can't stop yeah. You can't stop 6'10", you know, 225 pounds coming down with full throttle, and it just seems like, like you said, it disappears the second half. And, you know, my thing is, what what does Brett Brown got to do to get him going in the second half? Does he got to call plays for him? Does he have to, you know, get him energized? Like, what happens that, that lackluster bend in the second half is what's really letting teams back in the ball games against the Sixers? Well, 
I think the fourth quarter, down the stretch at least, I really do think, and uh, I'm not the first one to say this, I think it's part of it is he really still isn't, you know, extremely confident in his free throws, and I think he doesn't attack the rim like he does in the first three quarters or two and a half quarters, whatever it is, as much in the fourth, because if he drives and gets fouled, he goes to the line, you know, and he's, you know, what's he shooting 60% from the line or thereabouts. Um, I, I think... And I think teams are playing him to pass. Um, you know, the other night they, you know, he didn't sc- he didn't score in the fourth quarter, uh, two straight games. Uh, but he was a plus fifteen in the fourth quarter when they, you know, when they pulled away to win the other night when I was down there. So, you know, I, I don't know I don't know what to say, especially with you know with Embiid out, you need someone to pick up the slack, right? And you would probably say he's the sixth or second best player, so it's a chance for him to you know, really do more, um, and just said, uh, you know, he's between his, his size, his quickness, and, you know, the, the the way he plays downhill, he's a really tough guard for anybody, um, and the way he, you know, of 18 in the first half, and he'll finish with 22, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, mind-boggling. It's a, it's a very interesting thing, you know, there, and there have been supporters that say, you know, knock it off, he's only 23, look at, look at all the stuff he does, look how good he is, he's already an all-star, and I agree with that. Uh, but I, I also think, and I, you know, Brett Brown said he wanted him to take a three every game. I don't care about that. But to me, an open 10 or 12 footer, which he can get any time, is a, is a really high percentage shot and is available and will put him in rebounding position if he misses. To me, those are the shots that I'd rather see him taken than a three-pointer on the right wing or the left elbow or wherever. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I feel like if, you know, me personally speaking as a fan's perspective, if Ben could develop that 10 to 12-foot jumper and, you know, get his foul shooting percentage up, uh, the Sixers would be dominant in every aspect of the game throughout all four quarters, and they wouldn't have these six- to eight-minute scoring laps because they have someone they can rely on to get that bucket when they need it, and that's what they're missing right now. I mean, Tobias Harris did a great – you know, he's been playing lights out the last couple games, and, uh, you know, dropping 34, you know, that's what we expected as fans from Tobias when he signed that contract. So, you know, as Ben is on his runs – and getting out on the court, you know, we see that Tobias is running with him. So Ben does look for Tobias, and I don't mind Tobias trying to step into that role, i.e. Jimmy Butler as the closer, but he's got to want it, you know. And if he doesn't want it, then, you know, let's let's be real, Tom. This team is all built behind Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. These two are the catalysts of the team. So if one is down, the other one has to step up, and Ben Simmons needs to, you know, step up and continue to be more aggressive. Yeah, I, I think – common uh, perception, and I tend to agree, is the Sixers are going to go as far as Embiid and Simmons take them as their two best players. You're right, Harris has been more aggressive, Josh Richardson's been more aggressive, looking for their offense early in games, getting out the quick starts, attacking the rim, and that's good, and the Sixers need it. But, um, the, it, as I said, it's really about Embiid and Simmons. They're, they're going to they're gonna determine... If this is another year where they lose in the second round, you know, or whatever, um, it comes down to those two guys, in my opinion. Hey, hey, Tom, dude, real quick, uh, today's uh, Novell Powell's uh, last day of on his two-way, so Ellen Brand's got a tough decision. Which way do you think he's leaning on that one? It sounds like it sounds like they're leaning toward. You know, they can still control him if he plays in the G League. Um, they want to wait until the February sixth trade deadline to you know to maintain roster flexibility in case they would make a two-for-one trade or whatever it is 
to me, if he's your best backup center without Embiid, I would just convert him to the rest of the year for the minimum. And if that means waving Kyle O'Quinn or you know whoever you know has to go on the minimum contract, I guess Howell Neto and uh, Trey Burke are the other guys uh, that would be candidates theoretically. I would do it because you know, I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword for Brett Brown. You know, he he wants to win as many games and finish as high as he as he can in the East. Hopefully, you know, a second seed will give him home court advantage in the second round, assuming they win the the first round. But you got to watch with uh, you know Al Horford, who you know may not may not play today, and that you know if he's not playing, you know you're looking at Jonah Bolden and you know Kyle O'Quinn and maybe Simmons handling the center position. So I understand that they're really kind of desperate today, and I you know I would play Pell. Uh, because you need him today, and you hope that by Wednesday, you know, uh, you know Horford's back and, and, and able to go. But you know, I just think it, the games are too important, and he's such a—he's he's really the only other interior defensive force they right. have on this team besides Embiid. Right. I just think the value of you know, if you between now and the sixth, uh, you know, you're talking uh, two plus weeks of games, two and a half weeks of games. You know, you're, you're talking like ten games, and you know that, that that can make a big difference. And I think the value. I understand you want to maintain flexibility, but I would sign him and you know wave probably wave Kyle O'Quinn. I I agree with you. I actually when they signed Kyle O'Quinn, I was kind of scratching my head with that because it just gave them it gave them no flexibility with their young stars. They still have. I mean, they still had like you said, Bolden, and we barely saw anything of him so far this season. And Pell's been a fresh of energy. You know, he's got that. You know, just that burst of, uh, you know, let's get after it on the court. And uh, I think they need to play more of them to see what they got. You know, it's funny you said, excuse me, sitting in the uh, sixth seed right now. You know, I'm going to let that sink in on you. The sixth seed, three games out of the second seed. Uh, let's face it, Milwaukee has the number one seed, I think, locked up. And there are three games behind the Heat in the loss column for the second seed. But, you know, you're in conversation with the seventh and eighth seed as well. And the eighth seed is who you're playing today at 3 o'clock is the Brooklyn Nets. So, I mean, Brett's got a, a big challenge ahead of himself, especially with the uh, the way this uh, schedule looks going into the All-Star break in the second half. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried. They have a, a decent cushion between six and seven. Uh, but you're right, there's a whole logjam of teams between third and sixth. And that's kind of where, that's kind of where the Sixers um, – you know, are looking and need, you know, need to and want to get here. Um, um, you, yeah, it's, you don't want to be where they're at right now at this time of the game. You know, you're five and five in your last 10. You're, you're eight and 14. I still can't wrap my head around that away from the Wells Fargo Center. And they're just, they're pretty much dominant at home. You know, you're 20 and two, and, you know, but they got to put together a nice little five to seven game win streak up here these next couple games. You know, granted, next Saturday night they got the Lakers coming, and that should always be uh, a fun matchup. But you know, the Sixers got to make a little push right here before the uh, break. Yeah, they they have some, they have some winnable games, although they do have some road games coming up, and then they have a favorable schedule. You know, late in the season in March and April, but there are, as you said, the Lakers. They play some pretty good teams coming up kind of before and right after the all-star break in mid-February. Um, so it is an, it is an important time and they're close. Yeah. As we said to the third seed. So it, there's, you know, there's three, four, five and six are all kind of in a log jam there. And, <laughs> there's you know, hope. They need to, they need, they, yeah. They need to figure out a way, you know, to go up there. But as I said, he's got to watch. He can't, 
Um, Al Orford last year, you know, was uh, had a, a, a knee issue that plagued him for most of the season, and he's playing more minutes this year than he did last year, and he's 33 years old. So if you're Brett Brown, it's kind of a different, you know, a bit of a conundrum that you don't want to um, put too much on Al. Don't, right, you don't want to. Right, you don't want to risk. You know, you need him beat healthy, obviously, in the playoffs, but you need Orford, and if you only have him beat and Orford's out. You know, Norvell Powell looks good in the regular season, but the playoffs a whole other animal, especially for a rookie, a guy who doesn't have experience. So you need to, you know, Brett Brown, you know, has to really be careful in that respect. Yeah, uh, right now they're sitting at 4-2 uh, and two with Al playing uh, center wide and beads out. Uh, Al still, to me, looks like he's trying to find his way in the offense. He said he's feeling more comfortable. But um, you know, it, it, it's all about it's all about Ben and and Brett. You know, they got to get these guys going and get these guys uh, feeling right because, like you said, the playoffs is a different animal. And uh, as we're coming up to the All Star break, though, you know, Ben Simmons was in the AC for a while uh, uh, voting, and now he's moved up to the sixth spot. I believe you got to be the top four to be considered an All Star. And I know he was, you know. Little chesty with uh, one of your uh, good friends saying that you know while I'm an all star, you know I don't need to uh, to take shots because I'm an all star. And but it's like okay, Ben, I think the fan base right now is speaking to you by not putting you in the top four voting for point guards right now. How do you think Ben is feeling about being in the sixth spot of all star voting coming up uh, to the NBA All Star game? Well, the fans, I guess determine the starters i believe but then i think there's a group between the players correct the players the media and so on that determine who the backups are right. um so he you know you could finish 15th theoretically and make the all-star game which i'm sure some of the some of the lesser guys are the not well known i mean it tends to be more of a popularity contest um i think it beats third uh, he probably won't be able to play i would think um yeah mr glass isn't playing yeah so and, and yeah it doesn't really matter, uh, you know, per se. Like with him, it's all about being ready, you know, uh, in the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, I think Simmons will be an all-star. This, You know, I would think, um, given how he's improved his defense, um, you know, and, and generally, really everything other than, you know, scoring late in games and free throws. Oh, uh, yeah, his defense has been top-notch. I mean, that was one thing he came out and said he wanted to be an elite defender, and he's showing it. I mean, I th- and you know what's also good about the Ben playing great D? It, it kind of the team feeds off of that because the, the, the guy that we're not really focusing on that we need to as the season grows is Matisse Thibel, the son of the, the, the city's son. And it, this kid, man, is legit on defense. You know, not too many people know his background, you know, breaking uh, Gary Payton's steal record in uh, college. So this guy, you know, he came in ready after his four years. And, uh, you know, it's just it's a it's a fresh of breath there to see him come in and just focus and clamp down on someone, especially some of these guards that used to drop like 60 points on the Sixers last seasons and seasons prior. Yeah, I uh, I agree. He, uh, the, the way he blocks shots and, you know, Steals. I think he leads all rookies in steals, and you know he's a part-time player. He's not a starter. He missed, uh, you know, he missed some games. Um, you know, he was out a couple weeks there due to injury. Uh, so yeah, he's really upgraded. You know that that second unit with him, and I have to say, um, Furkan Korkmaz. I really didn't think he'd be in the rotation, and not only is he in the rotation, he's a leading bench scorer, and he's. Um, shooting almost 40% from three. He's really uh, given the bench a boost. The last three games, he scored 56 points, which is the most he scored in any 
three consecutive games in his career. He's really um, helped the Sixers. As Brett Brown said, I, we need to grow, grow a bomber, bomber. Yeah. A, a shooter. And he really has uh, responded um, in that role. Yeah, Corkmines has definitely been a, uh, a fresher breath there that no one saw coming. And, uh, you know, just hopefully that this can continue. Uh, Tom Moore, ladies and gentlemen, sports columnist from Bucks County Times, uh, former beat writer for 29 years for the Sixers. Hey, man, thank you for coming on Philly Full Court Press. We appreciate you. Thanks a lot, T. Will. You have a good one. You too, Tom. Take care. That was All Tom. Right, so long. That was Tom Moore, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be right back after this break. One day, right now in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day with all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning my country tears of thee sweet land of liberty of thee i sing land where my fathers died land of the pilgrim's pride from every mountainside let freedom ring and if america is to be a great nation this must become true so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of new hampshire let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Yeah, let freedom ring. Uh, powerful, powerful, powerful day, powerful man. And, you know, you just got to know your history, ladies and gentlemen. Got to know your history on MLK Day. It's a reason why it's a holiday. And, uh, you know, it's a reason why... I'm able here to do this, and Nat's really able to do what he does with his uh, hockey. Yo, what up? Great being here with you, man. Yeah, great being here on this day. And, uh, you know, we just had uh, Tom Moore on. He gave us uh, some good insight, excellent, excellent stuff, and uh, he'll be uh, popping on the show again for sure, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, so other than that, man, listen, go out, enjoy yourselves today, and uh, if anything, just be kind. You know, that's the – that's what what this man wanted. He wanted us to all be kind to one another. You don't have to – this is coming from me. You don't have to love each other, but just be kind to each other. You know, the love will come later. If you be kind and respect each other, man, powerful. You Who knows what we could do in this world together. But once again, man, thank you for uh, checking in on us on Philly Full Court Press. I'm your host, Big T. Will. You can follow me on Twitter. That's down right now, but you can still follow me at – Big T Will 34 and my man Nat Marlowe. 
thank you for uh, doing your thing. And, uh, you know, we will catch you on the other side. Peace.